This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. This is your show, Silver and Black, today. That's right, because you are directing it today. You have sent in questions and comments for my co-host, Mo Moten. I'm Scott Branson. We are here talking Raiders football. And again, blown away, Mo. I love these questions. Always stuff that comes up that I don't think about. Yeah, because the fans are are invested in this emotionally <laughs> more than we are and on the emotional side. Sometimes so too much. they're they yeah. So they they they're looking at this from all angles, but we do appreciate that because it's fun to have this these conversations on the Millback show. Yes, absolutely. All right, we go right across uh, the way from Yumo out to Union City, New Jersey. And Patrick has this question. He says, hey, Mo and Scott, I've heard a lot about the Raiders offensive line this offseason, and they really don't they didn't really do much to address it. Um, They're playing with fire, but I remain optimistic. My question is this. If the team doesn't sign anyone else, how confident are you they can make it into the playoffs with who they have on the roster? Which we asked the question about how they make the playoffs. But, Mo, that offensive line, I think some I think most Raider fans that I've heard from are concerned and know it's an issue, they just don't know how much of an issue it is or how they should consider it when they think about this team being a playoff. How much of a question mark is it when you look at a team like last year, like Cincinnati, who made it with a pretty poor offensive line too? Right, and I've answered that question a lot of times. People have said, well, Joe Burrow did it, and Bengals got there with a poor (laughs) offensive line. Why can't the Raiders do it? And my answer to that question is, do you want Derek Carr getting hit 70 times? Derek Carr is six <laughs> years older than Joe Burrow. Yes. Just because Unless Joe Burrow right. And just because just because Joe Burrow made it through the season and into the Super Bowl getting sacked 70 times doesn't mean Derek Carr is gonna have the same result. It, it just doesn't work like that. But to answer the emailer, my concern level with this team making a place with the roster that they have right now, specifically the offensive line, if you're specifically talking about the offensive line, I would say my concern level is at a out of six i don't want to say five because five is sitting on the fence it's kind of saying 50 50 i would say a six because i think that at some point if the raiders offensive line has become or is a big problem remember you have the trade deadline to address it yeah so let's say they go through week four or five and and Derek carr has been sacked 30 times already they're gonna have to sign someone or acquire an offensive line because you don't want to go through the season that way so I think even if it is a problem at the beginning of the season, the Raiders have enough time and they have the resources 
to address that problem that they should have addressed during during the summer in August. So my concern level is about a six right now, but I think eventually if it, if it shows up to be a big problem and they've overestimated the players that they have, they they will address it before November 1st deadline. Look, and this is the thing too I, I look at, Patrick, which is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler know more about player personnel than I do, but I think from the outside, it's it's just interesting because they've addressed so many issues with this team, and maybe that's it. Maybe they just haven't been able to get where they want to go, and so they're comfortable uh, waiting on it and seeing. Now, you get your quarterback hurt, it's a different story. Nobody wants that to happen. But I think it's feast or famine. I think this offensive line could be the reason you make it, meaning that if they hold up and we see a guy like Illuminor and a guy like Dylan Farham as a Parham as a as a rookie come in and do that, or Lester Con- whoever steps up, it could be the reason. Meaning that hey, they didn't go out and have to give up capital or pay more money. These guys just did it in house and they took care of business. Now I'm not saying they're going to be Pro Bowlers or anything like that, but if they can do it, then this team should be should make the playoffs, and there shouldn't be a question because that offense rolling full-time on all cylinders can be pretty damn good. So, so I agree. But, but it is, it's concerning. I think you look at the outside, you just expect them to do something, especially with Dave Ziegler has been so action-oriented. When they needed something, they went and got it. In this case, they just haven't done it. So we'll see how it goes. But, uh, but can they make it into the playoffs? Yes, they can. But then again, Mo, we talked about it on yesterday's show. Making the playoffs is one thing. You made the playoffs last year. You got to win mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Got to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, even if it's one game to start this this regime's uh, stay in Las Vegas, you got to get past that hump, right? You haven't gotten over that hump, and that to me is the hump you must get over. So, great question, Patrick. Appreciate it, Scott. Do you remember? Do you remember Dave Ziegler's face when they asked him about the Raider team that made the playoffs last year? And he was just kind of like, "Yeah, that, that's that's cool, that's cute, but we need to, as you said, we need to do more." And I think that's the aim, not just to get to the playoffs, but to win. Correct. And I think if they don't win, if they make it into the playoffs and don't win, for the, for Ziegler and McDaniels, it's like not making the playoffs. The playoffs doesn't matter. It's about it's about progression. They made the playoffs last year with all that crap they had to go through. And if you don't progress past that with a veteran quarterback who just got a nice bump and all these weapons that you added, that's that's an issue. It's on them too mm-hmm. a little bit. So so mm-hmm. full disclosure, but I think they they know this. And I think that's what's the difference with that front office now. All right, Patrick in Union City, New Jersey. Thank you, man. We appreciate your question. All right. Now we go to Christopher G in San Jose, California. He says, Hey, my dudes, uh, thanks again for a great show. Appreciate your professional approach, even if it sometimes is the truth I don't want to hear. Oh, it's nice to hear that. Um, yeah, it is. Am I just cra- am I just a crazy fan thinking this team could go really far in the playoffs if we stay healthy? I think the team is the best we've had since 2016 and maybe better because of the offense. I'm ready for a Super Bowl. Again, that's Christopher G. in San Jose. How good could this team be, Mo, knowing the deficiencies that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks and in our last question we just answered uh, from Patrick um, and now the question from Christopher, uh, how good could this team be? I think he's right. I think it could be just as good, if not better, than that 2016 team who, by the way, set the tone with that win over the Saints. So mm. remember when we had our predictions yesterday and you said that that game against the Chargers is a tone setter? There are some similarities there. If the Raiders win a close game against the Chargers in, in the season opener, it, it could remind you of that Saints win in 2016 where they felt like 
that was the game with Jack Del Rio, who set the tone for the season. They, of course, they went on to be 12 and 4. So now I have them at 10 and 7. You have them at 11 and 6. Right. They can easily win 12 games. And I and I pointed out that the Colts game is, is a go-either-way game. And I think the Saints game could be a go-either-way game if Jameis Winston reverts back to the turnover-prone person quarterback that he was with the Bucs. But the way this roster is constructed, it's constructed to win now. We kind of got into a little bit in the last question. You bring in Devontae Adams. You bring in Chandler Jones. You keep Derek Carr. You give him a new salary. You give him a bump. You bring in Patrick Graham, and he brings in, I, I guess, you know, his scheme, some of his guys, or whatever. You're built to win now. So if you don't, if you don't win double-digit games, then something is terribly wrong, and it's probably the offensive line. But if the offensive line stays healthy, and all the players and across the roster stay healthy at the key positions, edge, quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, your middle of your Pro Bowl middle linebacker, Denzel Perriman, because he's had some injury issues. I'm sure you've remembered with the Chargers, couldn't stay healthy with the Chargers. Yep. was able to stay healthy with the Raiders, played at a pro bowl level. If he stays on the field, then you have a pretty good unit on both sides of the ball. So, yes, they can make the playoffs, and they can be better than that 2016 team. As you remember, it was Michael Crabtree and Mari Cooper. Now it's Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. I know they have Seth Roberts, but he was kind of like a clear-cut third option. Now right. that with their three weapons, they're all pretty special guys in different ways. So I think this team offensively is built. But one thing I will say, and you and the emailer pointed this out, sometimes it's it's who's the healthiest team at the end of the season. Yes. Right. Attrition. So yeah. Right. You can have a great roster week one, but if you don't have any depth at certain positions and guys get hurt, it's gonna be a problem late in the season. Because I think yeah. partially the Raiders benefited last year when they played some teams without their starting quarterbacks. We saw that. Not to say the Raiders were handed those wins, but those teams lost their quarterbacks. So the injuries kind of fell into the Raiders, Raiders' favor, and it helped them get into the playoffs. So if they could stay healthy and avoid major, major injuries, of course, they have a chance to win 12 games and you know, maybe win a division. Yeah. And and even the Raiders last year, Mo, I mean, look what happened to that offensive line. And I know they had some mm -hmm. step-ins who did okay uh, kind of holding the spot warm, if you will. But you had that. You had the offensive line injuries and that whole – kind of musical chairs up front, and then you had Darren Waller missing six games. So so those injuries become such a huge part. You can have a really good team that completely misses the playoffs because they just don't have enough people available to keep at the level that they're capable of playing. So I think, Christopher, that they can be pretty good, and I agree. This could, could be, again, the best team since 2016, especially if they figure out if that offensive line on the right side gels – then watch out because I, I think this team's going to be able to put up points and put them up in a hurry. And not only that, but own the time of possession game very, very well because they'll be able to run the ball or do short passing game, keep the clock moving, uh, and really start to wear on their opponents. So good stuff. Uh, Christopher G. in San Jose. I appreciate the question. Okay. Now we move on. We go down to Texas. Another question from El Paso. We have this is a second listener from Esteban in El Paso. And he says... Ready for this, Mo? I can't believe I'm sending in a food question, but here it is. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich from Esteban in El Paso, Tejas? Uh-oh, Mo. Wow. You, your whole future could be decided on how you answer this question. <laughs> wow. I. This is a good question because I've actually saw this question before in my 
Twitter mentions it didn't answer it. But let's let's first of all let's, <laughs> let's nail down the definition uh, of a sandwich, right? So a sandwich is something that has, I guess meat. you would say two pieces of meat and two pieces of bread and if on. You're, for you vegans out there, I'm sorry. Meat, two pieces yeah. of bread. And two pieces of bread, right? Right. But to me, for it to be a sandwich sandwich, the meat has to completely I mean the bread has to completely cover this whatever's in the middle. And with a hot dog, you have an opening. So it's not completely covered. It's kind of holding holding the hot dog. It's not covering it. It's kind of like a like a cup holder. Like you're just, you know, you're just kind of it's presenting the hot dog to you in this in this package. So I wouldn't call it a sandwich. And anyone who calls a hot dog a sandwich is probably a psycho. And I would probably not have lunch with them. So you know, let's just I'm get gonna, that out of the way. I'm coming out hard on this one. If you think a hot dog is a sandwich then yes you are a psycho and you need <laughs> professional help now esteban didn't say but I, I i'm 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 pretty sure you listen to our show so you're not a psycho you might be something else but you're not a psycho so i, I yeah the whole if it's too the whole definition thing bread bread with a bun to me is not bread now there you go because now you could say well is a hoagie bread now, for on the East Coast, people know what hoagies are. On the West Coast, they don't. Mm-hmm. Or a sub sandwich. Like you could say, well, I go get a sub sandwich, and that's kind of like a bun because they no, it's bread. It's a loaf of bread. A bun is not a loaf of right. bread. It does not right. come from a loaf of bread, right? Like you have sliced mm-hmm. bread, that comes from a loaf. You have a sub mm-hmm. sandwich, it's a mini loaf. Mm-hmm. So to me, it has to be, it's not a hot, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Not a sandwich. No. Correct. And depending where you are, you will argue what you put on your hot dog. Most in New York, they do mustard, right? Even though I don't like mustard personally. There you go. So you're you're a New Yorker with no mustard on your hot dog. Uh, <laughs> you from Chicago, you don't put ketchup on your hot dog, right? Now on the West Coast, when I used to go down to Tijuana into Mexico, I used to get little hot dogs wrapped in bacon, which is also popular outside the Oakland Coliseum at the Raider game. So. Hot dog is not a sandwich, Esteban. End of question. I wonder what people are going to say in the chat. If they say it's a sandwich, I don't know if they can listen anymore. Yeah, I, I can't. If you if you're calling a hot dog a sandwich, then we we just can't. We can't have lunch. We can't be friends. We can't be associates. <laughs> we can't be seen anywhere close to each other in public. I'd so be I'll, of you. I'll, I'll make an admission to when I go to. I, I mean, I, I'm a baseball guy too. I love baseball. When I go to a baseball game. And I get a hot dog. Do you know what I put on it? Relish? Zero. I put nothing on it. I don't know what it is. I like to eat. I like hot dogs with, I like relish. I like onions. I like Chicago hot dog relish. It's very bright green. But at a ball game, for some reason, I don't know if it's, I'm in the mood. I'm in the atmosphere. I can eat the hot dog completely plain. But you don't do that on a regular basis, do you? No, only at ball games. I don't know what it is. Maybe okay. it's because now we saw this this guy in in New York was what was he taking his hot dipping, dog, and yeah, dipping, dipping it in the, in the beer, beer and all that, which mm-hmm. I've seen before. I don't know why people thought that was so I've weird. I wouldn't do it. But I've seen it all. Yeah, I've seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, have but, you, now, if you've seen Joey Chestnut eat hot dogs, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's dipping it in water. So I mean, why not? Correct. Yeah, whole different, <laughs> whole different ball game uh, there. But there you go, Esteban asked a food about. A food question about hot dogs, which wasn't about whether we like them or not, because he probably listened to the last show, obviously, where you said you like hot dogs. Yep. So <laughs> that's good. I love it. All right. Our last question is from a repeat 
emailer, and I mentioned this, I teased it on yesterday's show on Tuesday, uh, and it is from Rosie. Rosie started the conversation last week with a message that said, hey, is it is it pancakes or flapjacks? To which Mo's reaction was, what the hell is a flapjack? I never heard that one. He hadn't, you hadn't heard it from you since you were a kid, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, That's correct. And, and we both said it has to be pancakes. And then we talked about hotcakes too. Anyway, hey guys, Rosie again. To make it clear, she calls them, she says here, I call them pancakes. So Rosie's, okay. she's, she's up high on she, the list. We she's sane. That's good. She, okay. She's sane, has all her yes. mental faculties. Absolutely. Uh, but she <laughs> says, but I have another question for you boys, which I haven't been called a boy in a long time. So thank you. Make me feel younger. Um, what's your favorite sports movie of all time? Mine is The Replacements. So obviously football movie, which is an interesting one. I like the movie, but I wouldn't put it in my top five. Uh, and that's Rosie and El Cajon again, which is East San Diego. What's your favorite sports movie of all time, Mr. Maurice Moten? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. I'm going to go back to my childhood with this one. And it's going to seem rather corny and and like, what, really? Because there are so many options out there. But The Little Giants. I remember watching that. Yes, I remember that was one of... I watched it as a kid in elementary school. And I remember being drawn to that movie for some reason. You know, because I remember being that kid who... I started out as not being athletically gifted or coordinated. So I get it, like the Little Giants is this ragtag team that, you know, going against these better players and, you know, it's a bunch of nerds or whatever. And I I just remember being that nerdy, uncoordinated, non-athletic kid. And then as I got to junior high school, it changed for me because then I started playing sports and I got into sports a lot more, both football and basketball. So I was drawn to that movie because I identified with it, sort of the way I became a Raider fan. Is you know you feel like you feel like an outcast, feel like an outlaw, and I was like, oh, this team identifies with my personality. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with this movie, Little Giants. I identify with the people in the movie. Little Giants was released in 1994, my junior year eight. of college. I was I was eight years old. <laughs> That's why I bring it up because I was like, man, did I take my kids to that movie? And it's like, no, it was a few years earlier than I had kids, but. Uh, great movie, by the way. I love I love sports movies that involve kids because of the messages usually behind them, right? right. Uh, in, including some of the funny ones. One that is really underrated, not one of my favorite sports movies all the time, but one I watch with my kids all the time, which was called Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. I don't know if you ever saw it. Will Ferrell's in it. It's a soccer mm-hmm. movie, which I'm not a soccer guy, but it's funny. Mike Ditka is one of the main characters in the movie. It's really funny um, and, and, and worth a watch if you have kids especially, but fun. But the sports movie thing is always hard for me because I love there's about five sports movies that I just love to death. So if I had to choose one, it's really, really tough for me. Um, But I think I'm going to roll. Oh, God, it's tough. I'm going to say Rudy, right, because I'm a Notre Dame guy. I love the film Rudy about this underdog kid who is nothing 
And not only is he nothing, but he he's a practice squad player for essence, you know, in college, which means he'll never suit up, he'll never have a chance. And of course, that's what makes the story. And yes, the movie was embellished from the real story, but it's very close. So I love that story because of the personal side of loving Notre Dame, but also just the story of a guy who's always told he can't do it, even from his own family, which is is part of the message there, which is sometimes the people close to you, uh, even though they love you and you love them, not always the best to give you the encouragement you need, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it just goes to show you that if you have the conviction, you can always do what you want to do. And so you have to believe it within yourself and fight for it. So that's it. My second, close second, and I love all the baseball movies too, like so Field of Dreams and and uh, some of the other ones are awesome. But one of my favorite movies, you got to go back to the 70s uh-huh. when I was too young to watch it, and that is Slapshot which is a hockey movie. Have you haven't seen it, though, have you? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Okay, so Slapshot, you, you probably know the Hanson brothers, the guys with the glasses, and they were... Anyway, Paul Newman movie, hysterical movie about hockey, minor league hockey in the 70s. Just just completely inappropriate in every way. I can't even really talk about much of the scenes <laughs> on here, uh, but but really funny and something I really enjoyed. But the, the football movies in particular, Mo, um, I mentioned Rudy... But a Brian song, you know, we just lost. Uh, um, oh my gosh, why am I? Z- I'm zoning out on the names. Uh, but we just lost the actor who played Brian Piccolo in that movie, and I can't believe I'm forgetting his name because he's in The Godfather. What am I? James Con. Thank you. Gosh, see what happens with age. Um, that was a great movie as well about you know the friendship between two guys uh, and uh, and somebody and losing. Obviously, Brian Piccolo died. But um, any other football movies that pop in your head that you really enjoyed? Not any football movies, but I have a story. I have a story Ooh. time with Mo really quick. Nice. Uh, not my favorite movie, but I remember watching Space Jam for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. First the of first all, the first one. Not, the first one. Yes, the first one, not the LeBron James. The only real one. The first one, one Michael Jordan. Yes. But I remember the movie simply because, not to bring him up, but I remember singing R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly as part of my graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to sing that song when I graduated from fifth grade. So that was that soundtrack was part of the movie. And also, that movie was the day, well, when I went to see it, I went on my first date when I saw that movie. Whoa. I was 11. Yes. 11? Uh, my my started aunt, early. Yes. My aunt brought me to the movie theater with her boyfriend's niece. Oh, so double date. It was, it was like a double date. And they were, they were in their 20s, and I was 11, and she was older. She was 13. Yeah, my So it was man. the first time. Yeah, this is the first time I, I got to get that feel of being at a movie theater with a girl and talking about a movie with her one-on-one and just having one-on-one time. So that started my oh. career in the in the dating field, so to speak. So Space Jam, thank you for Michael Jordan for putting out that movie. Gave me an opportunity to explore the world of dating. Appreciate that. There you go. Some guys give girls <laughs> flowers. You give them Daffy Duck. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Great mm-hmm. movie, though. Another movie that you should check out, basketball movie, right? So so you know I don't like the NBA anymore, but I love basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie called The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Another late 70s movie, Fish That Saved ah. Pittsburgh. And it stars a guy you might have heard of, Julius Irving, um, but also some comedic genius in there from Jonathan Winter, uh, and oh, just hysterical. One of my good friends and mentors, Jim Bola, who played at the University of Pittsburgh, 
um, and was a coach at UNLV, was in that movie too. Jerry Tarkanian's in that movie. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in that movie. Fantastic, funny movie about a team that's put together because they're all Pisces. And they were... Yeah. <laughs> They're a terrible basketball team. Then they remake the roster because they have an astrologer now who runs the team. It's really funny stuff. Just corny 70s stuff. But if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's good. But mo- mo- movies and sports, um, you know, they, they go so well together. And that's why Rosie's question is so interesting, um, besides what we think of them. Um, the, 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 the line between kind of life and sports is so close in so many ways that that it, it's always lends itself because there's so many great stories of people persevering, overcoming, and accomplishing great things. Yeah, how many times do you hit a reference like this is a storybook ending? You can make a movie yeah. out of this season that this team had. You could take a you know a, a historic run because I'm sure down the line, when the Patriots are are 20 years removed from their dynasty, they're going to make a movie about a team. That, similar to the Patriots or make a movie based on the Patriots dynasty, their run with Tom Brady, you're going to see that again. So again, it, parallel movies and, and sports always parallel. And you can always turn a season into a movie or a storybook for, for the film. So definitely a good question there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've answered this question before on the show, um, not the specific question we just asked, but why haven't they made movies about the Raiders? And it's a good point. Like the Al Davis mm-hmm. story is a great story. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the golden age of the Raiders. I think now the reason you couldn't do it is just our current environment, our culture, um, whether you like it or not, uh, to tell stories that we heard from Ken Stabler or that we've had on the show from Phil Villapiano or some of these guys. You know, they did stuff today that is no longer considered kosher. And <laughs> it's great. And a story should be told. But I can tell you that I'd rather them not make a movie if they can't tell it like it was. And so, you know, for whatever reason, if we can't tell it like it was, I don't want a watered-down version of Ken Stabler and John Matuzak. Like, I don't have any interest in that. (laughs) It's got to be warts and all, or we don't get it. But it would be great. It would be a great movie. We got the documentaries, obviously, on Al Davis. But it would be great to have a movie for Raider Nation to get behind. Yeah, I was going to say nowadays in our culture, a lot of people kind of gravitate toward documentaries now. Like there's that yes. Lakers documentary that came out recently. So people would rather sit there and go on Netflix and watch a documentary than a, than a one-off movie because then you get a whole series of episodes and it kind of expands on it rather than cramming it into, you know, two to three hours. They want something right. long form. Yeah, so. not only that, but you get the full history, the good and the bad, right? Because right. no matter who you are, there's everybody's got strengths and weaknesses and historical mm-hmm. figures have strengths and weaknesses. And so I think you're right. I think the documentaries give people the opportunity. But it would be entertaining to have a movie about the Raiders uh, just for oh, some yeah. fun and some pro-Raider Nation propaganda would be kind of cool because mm-hmm. it's never happened. Uh, but anyway, Rosie, thank you for the question. Okay, Mo, we got to pick. We've got a couple minutes here left. we got to pick a winner. We had Alan about the roster question. We had Eric about the three reasons why or why not they make the playoffs. We had Patrick about the offensive line again. Um, And we also had Christopher G about um, the team being better or as good as at least 2016. And then we had the hot dog and we had Rosie again with the sports movie. So I'm going to pick two, and then I'll let you be the final vote on this. Er- I'm, Eric, 
Eric, I like this question because it kind of encapsulates, you know, we're going into the regular season. So a lot of times I write articles about this, you know, three weaknesses, three strengths. So maybe I'm selfish on this one because now I'm not going to write the article because I just answered it. So people just listen to the show <laughs> for my answers there. So maybe that's a little biased, but I like that question. I also like the question about can the Reds be better than 2016? Because what I am sick and tired of is and I shouldn't say it's not sick and tired, but it annoys me when fans <laughs> go back to 2016. And that was, that feels like ages ago now at yeah. six years ago. Like they, yes. they, they hark back to, Oh, well 2016, it was this way. Not to say the emailer did this, but I'm hoping that the Raiders are just as good or better than 2016, because then we can kind of turn the page on that. Yes. Because a lot of times for a while, people have been defending Derek Carr using 2016 as a reason to keep him around. Now I wasn't one of the people that wanted to wanted him to go, but I felt like there were more reasons to defend Derek Carr, better reasons to defend Derek Carr than to go back five, six years to what he did in 2016 in that one playoff appearance that they had. So if they're good this year and go to the playoffs, then we can kind of finally turn the page on that year and we can look at what they did in 2022. And that's what Probably I wish good. most for Raider Nation is just some some recency success, recency, right? So right. Some some something that they can hang their hat on and say, okay, we're now we're actually. As our good friend uh, uh, Q would say, uh, cooking with grease. Cooking with grease, right? yes. And, and <laughs> now, now we got a cooking now, and we're, now we're moving. Okay, we got in the playoffs, we won a game. Now I can forget about 2016. I can even forget about 2002. Who cares? We're, it's all mm -hmm. about moving forward. Uh, right. and, and I agree. And plus, just think about how much the league has changed in six years. I mean, it's mm -hmm. the way the game Rules. is played. The rules, mm -hmm. everything has just changed so much. So it really is not a good comparison. Uh, but but I like the question. All right, what was the second one? Oh, the three reasons Rays wouldn't make oh, so, the playoffs or so, wouldn't make the playoffs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. So I yeah. That was so Eric. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna agree with that, and we're gonna we're gonna give Eric, who I'm sure is watching us on YouTube right now, we're gonna give Eric the T-shirt. Yes. So Eric, congratulations, man. Um, Long time. He has address. to he has to provide his location, right? Yeah. Yes, he's got to provide us his location. So email me. Don't put it on the YouTube chat now because we don't want there might be somebody in there. It might be a Chiefs fan in there just spying you. Be careful. You never know. Mm -hmm. uh, but Eric, congratulations, man. Send that to us uh, as well. Uh, also, remember, we will be back tomorrow. That's right. Three days of Mo and I in a row. Of course, you had yesterday and you had today with the mailbag. And tomorrow we have our Thursday show. We're going to preview in depth the Charger game, what we like about this game, the matchups. We'll talk to Nick Cothrell from Sports Illustrated. He covers the Chargers, and he'll be with us to give us the latest on the team, what's going on there. And maybe we'll tap into him, Mo, too, about the whole Week 18 and the bad taste in their mouth, if you will, mm -hmm. about the Raiders' win and how much that means and kind of what, what we're hearing from there. We also heard that our great friend Gorilla Rilla, who was not going to be allowed to go to the game in costume, has been told he can go now. I don't know what happened, uh, but... That's good news, right? So Raider Nation can rest now. Just focus on the game. Can't have a season opener without Gorilla Rilla in his no, costume. I mean, come of on. Of course not. Of course not. So that's good news. Uh, but, Mo, we will talk to you tomorrow, man. We're going to get into this week one matchup. I can't wait to actually talk about a football game that matters. Yes, breaking it down week one. Big game. Starting off with a big, huge game. I know it's not in the primetime slot, but as I said, this is division game. Coming off of what happened last year with the play-in, basically, for a playoff spot, it's going to be huge. Can't wait to talk about it. 
It is good. Thank you, my friend. All right. For Momo, and I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio. And do me a favor. If you're on YouTube, right below, hit subscription and then hit that bell next to it. And also watch the video. Yes, we're suggesting another video to you. It's right here on the side. And maybe I'm pointing the wrong direction. Either side. It's there. Trust me. Click on that video. And we appreciate your support. For Mo, I'm Scott. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Silver and Black Today. Bye-bye, everybody.